You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Hey, today we are continuing our series. It's called Prevailing Prayer, and we're in part three of this series, Prevailing Prayer. If you've missed the first two, go back, listen to them, especially the first one. Last week's was was good, too. It's very important, too. We're talking about the Lord's Prayer, but the first week was kind of the foundational for why do we pray? If if you've ever thought about that, like, why do we pray? If God's sovereign and God's going to do what God's going to do, then why do I really need to spend time in prayer? We really talk about that in the first week, so go back and listen to that. Today, though, we're going to talk about the different types of prayer. There are different types of prayer, and here's why. Prayer is spiritual warfare. Prayer is not just, uh, you know, <laughs> praying over our food, Lord bless it, Lord keep me safe today, Lord help us have good dreams tonight. That's, sure, you can pray those things, but that's not all prayer is. Prayer isn't just a repetitive thing that we do out of religious duty. Prayer is spiritual warfare. And there's a way to look at it like this. If we look at it like spiritual warfare, which we see in God's Word, if we look at it through the lens of uh, regular warfare, that our military has different weapons, right? They have a they have pistols, they have machine guns, they have bazookas, they have tanks, right? I'm sure there's technical names for a lot of those that I'm not going to get into, but there's a good categories. We can all relate to those terms, right? Pistols, machine guns, bazookas, and tanks. Now, if uh, our enemy was coming at us with a tank, I'm not going to take a pistol to that fight. Amen? Right? Like, if I can get in the tank, let me get in the tank as well, all right? Or let's, hey, let's bring in the, the Air Force and let's drop some bombs or something, right? Like, we need to be intentional with how I am going to spiritual war. That I have to acknowledge the fact that God has given us different types of prayers for different situations. And let, let me get into it, and I'll kind of explain why God has done this. Let's look at our key verses, 1 Timothy verse 2, starting in verse 1. It says, Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Now, if you've read this verse before, it's like, aren't all those the same, right? Supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks, isn't that all prayer? Yes, he's laying out, hey, there are different types of prayers that we need to do. Now, these types of prayers aren't meant to put you in a religious box, This is where we can get into a ditch. They're not meant to put you in a religious box. God's not sitting up in heaven and you said a certain prayer and he's like, ooh, you missed it by that much, right? Like if you would have just used that type of prayer and not this type, then I would have answered that prayer. That's not, that's not what God's doing. He's not up there saying, ooh, you should have used supplication, but instead used the prayer of faith. And so, ooh, I can't really do anything. You've tied my hands. That's not what God's doing. He is giving you these types of prayers so we, that we can pray with more confidence and pray with more effectiveness. And when we understand prayer in the sense of spiritual war, we understand more confidence and effectiveness, right? It's a pistol versus a tank. Which one would I rather use in a certain situation? Well, the one that's going to cause the most damage, the one that's going to move us the most forward, that's what I want to use. I have more confidence and I have more effectiveness. And so I'm going to give you today, we're going to talk about four types of prayer And inside uh, a few of these types, there's a few kind of uh, underlying types as well that we're going to talk about. So let's dive into it. Number one is this. It's the prayer of request. The prayer of request. 
I'm going to give you a little bit of time to write some of this down, but I'm going to break down the prayer of request. There's two different types of requests. The first one is supplication, and the second is intercession. So that, that, that's underneath the prayer of request. So supplication is a request or a petition for myself, for myself. Supplication is a request for myself. Intercession is a request or a petition for others. So underneath request or supplication, that's for myself. Intercession is for others. I'm going to give you a great example, some homework for you if you want. Go to John 17. Read John 17 this week. You're going to see Jesus himself use both of these. He's going to use supplication and he's going to use intercession. Here's what's amazing is Jesus prays for himself. He prays for his disciples and then he prays for all believers. Who's all believers? That's you. If you want to know what Jesus prayed over you personally, you can go to John 17 and you can read it this week. You can find out what, God, what Jesus prayed for you. But he does a great example of the prayer of request, but supplication and intercession for himself, for his disciples, and for all believers. John 17. Let's talk about supplication. Supplication. Here's a great verse. You probably know this. Philippians 4, 6. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what do we see? Supplication. Let your requests be made known. That's exactly what we're talking about. When I'm bringing God a request, a need in my life, I am bringing the prayer of supplication. Uh, peace comes when we make requests to our good and perfect Heavenly Father because He loves us. When I go to Him, and if you didn't hear last week's message, go back and listen to it. But when I approach God with my relationship in mind, knowing that I'm His child, He's my Heavenly Father, and I bring a request to Him, I have peace in that conversation. It gives me peace knowing that I have brought a need to Him, and He sees it, and He hears it, and He's going to acknowledge it. Uh, the best way to approach supplications is to ask God, as His children, and, and think of it as a child talking to their kind-hearted father, but ending it with, your will be done. I'll give you a good example of supplication. My son Gavin, um, he's an amazing kid. He just turned nine. But growing up in the past two, three years, he would do this really funny thing where uh, he's got a really good sweet tooth. He's not the best eater, but um, if, when it comes to, you know, candy or waffles. He can down waffles like nobody's business, okay? And uh, so sometimes he would come to me and he would say, he would say, Dad, can I have a piece of candy? And I would, he, I would take my, you know, I'm, I'm taking a breath in to get ready to answer. And before I would, he would say, but, but, uh, just like one or two pieces. And then I would take another breath to answer. He said, oh, but, but, it's okay if you say no. I'm just wondering. So I, there's very few kids, I think, that would actually say that, okay? But, so I'm proud of him for that. But he would say, can I have a piece of candy, just one or two? It's okay if you say no. And can I tell you, as a dad, even as an earthly dad, the fact that he would say, it's okay that you say no, motivates me to give him a piece of candy. And obviously, that's not, if he answer, you know, asks every single day you know, for every meal, I'm not going to do that. But, but I, know, I know that he is okay with me saying no. And here's what he can never articulate. By him saying, it's okay if you say no. Here's what he's articulating. He can never put this into words. But he's showing me that he trusts me. He trusts that my answer to this question has his best interest in mind. 
Again, he, he, when he was five, he could never articulate that, but that, his actions prove that. I understand if you say no. It's okay if you say no. And this is how we, as God's kids, approach him. Lord, here's the need that I have in my life. I see that your word promises me that I can see this need uh, you know, answered. And so, Lord, I'm standing on this promise from your word, but Lord, let your will be done and not mine. That's exactly what we talked about last week, ending it with, I'm okay if you say no. I trust you, Father. I trust your perspective. Even if in the moment, I don't like it. I trust your perspective. So there's supplication. The second one is intercession. Intercession. Here's a great verse. First, first Timothy 2, verse 1. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. What? Intercede. That is the request for someone else. Intercede on their behalf. Praying for others should be a priority in my life. How much of my prayer time is spent not just praying for my needs and my, my paycheck and what's going on in my life, but actually turning it outward and praying for my family, praying for my neighbors, praying for my coworkers, praying for my boss that maybe I don't really like that much. How much of my time in prayer is spent praying for other people? How much time am I spending praying for my spouse versus complaining about them? Amen? <laughs> It's easy to complain about my spouse, but how much am I praying for them? How much are we praying together? Praying for others is not an optional thing. It's a biblical thing. It's a mandate that we as believers must carry. How often am I praying for my spouse? How often am I praying with my spouse? It's amazing that as we've grown, as we've, uh, you know, in the last several uh, decades in our society, in our culture, the Christian divorce rate is nearly matching the world's uh, divorce rate. But here's one factor that they found in recent studies that almost eliminates the divorce rate. It's prayer. Couples that pray together, less than 1% of them get divorced. How, how big is prayer? It's everything. It's crucial. You need to daily be praying with your spouse. Daily be praying for your spouse. Life and death, your future hangs in the balance. All right, so let's get back on track. Intercession here. Uh, the prophet Samuel, I love it. He takes it a step further, and he says it this way. First Samuel 12, verse 23. He says, as for me, far be it for me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And Samuel here, he's, he's referencing interceding for an entire nation and for its king. But I love the, the responsibility he puts on himself. He said, far be it for me that I should sin by not praying for you. I think there's oftentimes in our lives where we get so inward focused, and I said this last week, I don't know the, the first pastor that said this, but if God answered all of your prayers from this past week, would it change your world or would it change the world? If God answered every prayer that you prayed this past week, would it change your world or the world? That's a great example or great insight into how, how much am I praying for, not just myself, but for God's agenda for the world. So the prayer of request. The second one is this, the prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement is different from the prayer of intercession. You see, whenever I intercede on someone's behalf, that person doesn't have to be necessarily a believer. I can intercede for that family member that's far from God. I can intercede for my neighbor who's not walking with Jesus. I can intercede on someone else's behalf who is not a believer. But the prayer of agreement is when I am joining my faith with another believer's faith, and, and I'm joining together to bring a request or bring a situation to God. 
we're going to agree in faith to see it done. And here's where we see it, Matthew 18, verse 19. This is Jesus. He says, I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Let me just read this again because this is good. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Now, in context, you can read this, and it's talking. It's, a lot of it is talking about uh, church discipline and, and how to deal with uh, people in your life. But the, the principle of agreement in prayer is the same. This is why after service, we have a prayer team that's available on both sides of the stage right here. And their whole job is to agree with you. Why? Because we believe God's word to be true. Let me read it again. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. This is why we put so much emphasis at the end of service to say, hey, if you need prayer, come get prayer. Why? Because we believe God's word is true. No matter what your need may be, whether it's big or whether it's small, God wants to move on your behalf. He wants his will to be done. But oftentimes, we're waiting for God to move, and God's waiting for man to move. He's saying, go for it. Ask for it. Agree for it. Strive for it. Agree in prayer and see if I will not show up in your life. So a lot of times when people come up and they ask for prayer, especially if they're a believer, I'll say, well, how can I be agreeing with you? What can I be agreeing with you about? Why? Because the prayer of agreement is powerful. And another follow-up question that's good to ask is this. What promise or verse from God's word are you standing on? Meaning, are you speaking over your situation? Because that's how I know I can be agreeing with you. If you, if you come up and if you ask for prayer and it's just like, well, I don't really know. You know, I've had this thing going on for six months and I don't really know. I'm just kind of praying that God, God would do what God's going to do. There's a lot of gray area in there. Let's get specific. Let's find what God's word says about your situation and let's stand on it. Let's write that out and put it in your car, put it on your bathroom you know, mirror and put it in front of you and speak it over your situation every day. Now I know where your faith is and we can join our faith together and we can say we're believing this promise from God over this specific situation and we believe that God's going to show up. It gives us what? Confidence. Not a religious box to play in. Well, man, i got to make sure that I'm doing everything just right. No, it gives me confidence to say, Lord, I can pray with boldness for this situation. And two of us, three of us, uh, 20 of us are agreeing for this situation. And, Lord, you said that if we agree concerning what we ask, aligning with your will, that you will see it done. And you see how I can go to prayer now and not just end my prayer with, I hope God does something, fingers crossed. No, I can pray with, I'm expecting God to do something amazing in my life this week. I'm expecting to see God show up. So that's the second one. The third one is this, the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. I know I'm throwing, I'm going to throw a lot of content at you today, but that's why I give you a note-taking card, okay? Go home, do a little study on it. The prayer of faith. This is when I use my faith in agreement with God's word or God's will to change circumstances, to change circumstances. A great example of this, uh, uh, several years ago, Leslie and I and Gavin, we lived in Kansas City, and there was a, uh, a really bad storm that night, really bad thunderstorms coming through, and it looked like um, a tornado was either on the ground or it was about to be on the ground, and it was coming through a really heavily populated area of our community, and it was, it was just a few miles away, and it, it was like, you know, they're hitting the panic button, like, take cover now, it's going to be really bad. And so we joined together, and we began to pray against that tornado. And we just said, Lord, I thank you that our community has your angels around it. Lord, I ask you to help us right now to be, have safety, 
to have life and not death. Lord, I pray right now that you would move. And we command that that storm not turn into a tornado, that there would not be serious damage done to anyone's property, that there would not be harm done to individual and to humans. No one would lose their life. We pray for protection in Jesus' name. And within two or three minutes, that thing that was looking like a tornado, it went away. Now, it was still a heavy thunderstorm, but there was no rotation and there was no evidence of a tornado the next morning. I'm sure we weren't the only ones praying, but what did we do? We said, we're going to use our faith to do something that seems foolish in man's eyes and believe that the impossible can be possible. But too many times what happens is we don't use the prayer of faith and life happens and storms happen in the spiritual realm and in the physical realm and we just lay down and take whatever comes our way. When God shows us how we can pray with certain types of prayers to have victory in our lives. So the prayer of faith, let me show you. This is a good example. This is about healing specifically, but James 5, verse 14 says this. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. A couple things to note. Um, if you need healing today in your body, we have little bottles of oil over here. We're not going to dump a jar over your head or anything like that, mess your hair up. But we do put a little bit of oil right here on your forehead so that we can anoint you with oil in agreement with God's word. Two things to show, though. The oil here, a lot of people will say, well, it was talking about medicine. Give them medicine, and that's going to that's heal them. Well, that's not really what it's saying. The oil is an act of faith. It's like taking communion. It's an act of faith. It's not a religious thing. If we follow all the right rules, then God's going to show up. No, I do it as an act of faith. We are anointing your body, saying this body, this temple belongs to the Holy Spirit. And by doing so, no sickness can be in this body, can be in this temple. We command it to leave in the name of Jesus. See how we're praying with confidence, knowing that God's going to show up. It says, anoint them with oil. The prayer of faith will save the sick. That word save in the original language means to make well, to heal, to restore to health. The prayer of faith, because I prayed so good. No, what does the prayer of faith do? It's the following line. The Lord will raise him up. But what is God waiting for? Us to do our part. Pray in faith, in agreement with his word. And what? He says, now you've opened the door for me to come in and to move to my fullest potential. Faith is conviction of the truth or, 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 or of, of anything. Of It's belief. A lot of times we get stuck in this rut. Well, I know God's word. But the real question is, do I believe God's word? Because if you were if you're raised in church your whole life, you know all the stories, and you can talk about David and Goliath, and you can quote some scriptures. You know it in your mind, but you don't believe it in your heart. And that's where faith, the prayer of faith, comes into, uh, uh, comes into uh, opening the door for God to move. I have to believe that God's word is more true than anything I face. I'm going to say that again. I have to believe that God's word is more true than anything I face. Does that mean that some things in my life I'm, not, I'm living in denial? No, I can get a diagnosis. I can get some bad news. And I'm not saying that never happened. That's, that's foolishness. I'm just saying, Lord, I'm choosing to believe that your word is more true than what I'm facing. I'm choosing to believe that you have more for me than what I'm going through right now. Let me remind you of Mark 9. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Mark 9, 23. Jesus said to this father, he said, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe. And this is where the father responds, I believe, but help my unbelief. And that's, that's where a lot of times we find ourselves, especially when we're in a spiritual battle. Lord, I want to believe, but I need your help to believe. Many times we know God's promises, but we lack the, the, the belief and the faith in those promises. And the only way that you can gain belief is through time spent with God. 
you want to gain faith in it, you need to spend some time with him. You need to spend some time listening to God's word. You need to spend some time in worship, in communion with God on a daily basis. And it's going to give you belief in his word, not just head knowledge in his word. All things are possible when we stand in faith and pray according to God's word. Now, there are times when you may pray for something that you know you will, that aligns with God's word and you don't see it come to pass. But can I tell you, I, said, I think I might have said this every week in this series. You have to get to a point where you have more faith and you continue to trust this over your life experiences. Life experiences are always changing and they're always, things are always happening. But no matter what I see and what I've experienced, do I still believe this word over any word? This, this truth over any situation that I face? And I will be the first one to say that is difficult at times. When someone that you love and you prayed for them and they still passed away, and it's extremely difficult. But at the end of the day, I have to remind myself, God is good. He is faithful. And I trust him no matter what, no matter what I may face. In James 5, at the end of that that passage, he says this, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and it produces wonderful results. That's what I want. I want to pray in such a way, not because I've prayed so good, but no, I've prayed in such a way that my prayer in agreement with God's word, it produces wonderful results. A great way to judge if I am maturing in the faith or if if you want to mature in your faith is, is acknowledging the fact that if I read something in God's word that I don't agree with, I have to assume that I'm wrong or I've been taught wrong. If I read something in here that I don't agree with, I have to assume that I'm wrong or I've been taught wrong. And if I can't admit that, I've just shown myself that I think of myself as a God because I know it all. But the truth is we don't. We trust God who knows it all. So how do I grow in my faith? I need to be continually taking in God's word. And when I hear, hear God's word, it builds my faith. And when it builds my faith, I can pray in faith, the prayer of faith to see God move. And the last one is this, the prayer of worship and thanksgiving. The prayer of worship and thanksgiving. Worship focuses on who God is. God, you are mighty. God, you are holy. You are worthy. You are so great. There is none like you. God, you are magnificent. I am focusing on who God is. Thanksgiving focuses on what God has done. Lord, I'm thankful for what you've done. I'm thankful for your faithfulness. I'm thankful for for you saving me, Lord. I'm thankful for the times that you've saved my family. I'm thankful for the times that you've moved in my life. Worship is who God is. Thankful for what he has done. Let's talk about worship. Worship, Hebrews 13, 15 says this, Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name interesting verbiage, the sacrifice of praise. In the original Greek, that word sacrifice means to to kill or slaughter for a purpose. To kill or slaughter for a purpose. Here's why. Because true worship and true praise often requires that I have to kill something in my life. Not physically, I'm talking about spiritually. I've got to kill my pride. I've got to kill my selfishness. I've got to kill my, my, my fears anything that would keep me from wholeheartedly worshiping and glorifying the Lord, I've got to sacrifice it on the altar so I can worship him, so I can praise him. 
This is exactly what happens. What, what keeps people from truly entering into worship, even when we gather together with other believers in, in church? What keeps people from singing or, or closing their eyes and being truly being in the presence of God or raising their hands in worship? What keeps it? Oftentimes, I've been guilty of this, it's pride wrapped in insecurity. Well, what are people going to think if they see me raising my hands? What, what are people going to think if they hear me singing? What are people going to think? Stop. We are gathered together on Sundays. Not for me and not for you. Only for him. So it doesn't matter what people think. A sacrifice of praise means I probably need to kill some stuff, some pride, some insecurity, and say, Lord, will you help me sacrifice this so I can experience your presence in a deeper level? That's worship. Thanksgiving is this. Go back to Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What? In every prayer, what am I doing? I'm bringing thanksgiving. I'm bringing thanksgiving. And here's why. I'll have a quote. It says this. When I give thanks for the past, it gives me peace for the present and faith for the future. Why? Because God's word says that, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So Lord, I know what you've done in the past. Even if my life has been hell, I can look in God's word and say, I know what you've done in the past. I know you're faithful. I know you're mighty. I know you're powerful. I know because I can read it right here. I've seen what you've done. I thank you for giving me examples of what you can and want to do in my life. When I give thanks for the past, what it gives me peace for the present. I've made my request to a loving Heavenly Father, and I'm awaiting His response, knowing that He might show up in the next 30 seconds. It might take a little bit of time. Either way, I have peace, knowing His timing is perfect and not mine. But it gives me faith for the future. I can't wait to see what God does in this situation. And I have no idea what He might do. I'm hoping this is what He might do, but He's going to show up, and I have faith for what happens next. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57 says this, But thanks be to God. Why? He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Give thanks to God. Why? Because through him, you can have victory in your life. You can have peace in your life. You can, you can walk in love in your life. And because of that, when we give thanks, we remind ourselves that God is faithful. What does he say? Now, when you do that, you can stand firm. Nothing will move you. Don't let it move you. Don't let it shake you. Whatever comes against you, don't let it move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. You may say, Pastor Dan, I'm not a pastor. I don't work in the ministry. It doesn't matter. Whatever you put your hand to can be work for the Lord. It can be work for the Lord. And God wants to show up in your life. But sometimes it takes us pausing in our prayer life to say thank you. When's the last time I talked to God and I didn't ask anything of him? I just said thank you. I didn't ask for something. Don't, not have a good day, not bless this food, just thank you. Those are some of the most intimate times with God that you will ever experience when you just say thanks. So God has given us different types of prayer. The prayer of request, it's supplication for myself, it's intercession for others. The prayer of agreement, two or more agree here on earth, it will be done. The prayer of faith, aligning with God's word to change circumstances, to see the miraculous, no matter how big, no matter how small. The prayer of worship and thanksgiving, 
Worship is who God is. Thank him. I'm thanking him for what he has done in expectation for the future. There's one more type that we're not going to get into today because I'm going to spend an entire week on it next week. And the last type of prayer that I'm going to talk about, there's, there's a few others, but the last one I'm going to talk about is praying in the spirit. I've heard it said praying in tongues. Now, as soon as I say that, I know people in here are like, you get a little knot in your stomach because if you've been like me, you might've been caught in a service or a situation where people were praying in tongues and it was very uncomfortable for you. And you thought, all I wanna do is leave and never come back. Anybody know what I'm talking about, right? I've been there, okay. Maybe you grew up in a church that said, don't you even think about praying in tongues. That is not for you. Don't even touch it. There's two extremes. Here's what you have to realize. For every mile of truth, there's two miles of ditches because there's a ditch on each side. We've got to find the middle ground. I'm going to give you, um, you know my heart. Take God's word for it and not mine. I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm just going to give you God's word. And I'm going to leave you with one verse. If you've ever had questions about praying in the spirit, if you know somebody that's had questions about praying in the spirit, and you say, I don't really know about all that whole thing. I'm going to give you some, uh, one, two verses here that'll put your mind at ease. Okay, there's two ditches. Don't do it. Or, it's, or, or you're going to be walking through Walmart, grocery shopping, and the Spirit's going to move, and you're going to grab that intercom, and you're going to throw some shundas on the loudspeaker, and it's going to be people looking at you. You're going to slay in the Spirit out of control. God's Word is so good because He makes it clear. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 39 and 40. Do not forbid speaking in tongues. There's the first ditch. Don't ever do it. Second one, but all things should be done decently and in order. You know, if we would just read this, <laughs> all the weirdness that people bring into Christianity would fade away and we would see what truth really is. Do not forbid it. There's one ditch. But, but all things should be done decently and in order. And when it's done God's way, it's done powerfully. And we allow God to move greatly in our lives. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Thank you once again for today. Thank you for the opportunity to look at your word, to experience your truth, and to be in your presence. Right now, Lord, I pray that you would help us take the content from today, your word, internalize it, Lord, and help us pray types of prayer that are effective. Lord, we don't want to pray just repetitive prayers. Lord, we want to be intentional with our prayers because we want to open the door for you to move and let your will be done and not our own. Whatever you have, that's what we want. We submit to you, we agree to you, and we say, Lord, let your will be done. It's your word above any other word. We trust you, we believe you, and we're gonna pray in agreement with your word. And I thank you for clarity as we move forward, Lord, and I thank you for life changes. We begin to align our prayers with what you've commanded us and how you've commanded us to pray. In Jesus' holy name, everyone said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.